Beginning at verse 9 in John 10. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Amen. You may be seated. I've got some backstory for you. A couple of things I want to share with you to help you as we move through this passage today. And one of those things is if you read this carefully and don't add any of your own images or biases or thoughts to it, it becomes a little more clear if you have the right picture of what's going on in your mind. If you have the wrong picture in your mind, you're going to come with the wrong conclusions, as I for many years have. One of the things about this passage that I must tell you is it is a commentary on the chapter before it. In John chapter 9, we are dealing with, in that chapter, a man who was born blind. We talked about him extensively when we were on that chapter. But one of those things that we may forget is that this blind man who was healed by Jesus confronted the temple leaders and was cast out of the temple. In that day and time, that was considered excommunicated with God Himself. However, Jesus finds this young man and the young man worships Jesus. It is at that point where Jesus makes this commentary to the temple leaders and the disciples there with him who are with him. Not necessarily the twelve, but whoever was there with him at the time, disciple-wise. Now, I share this with you because this blind man had a problem. He was cast out of the temple. And the temple was where you made your sacrifices, where you prayed, where you worshipped God, And it was the only place he could go to do that. And being blind, he wasn't even allowed in there. And as soon as he got sight, he was cast out. No longer welcome after being welcome for the first time. So, but do you believe that he was no longer able to access God and redemption into God's kingdom because he was kicked out of the temple? Do you believe that? 
They believed it. The temple leaders believed it. Gave them great power. I believe that he was not kicked out of that, but that he was kicked out of Judaism and into the arms of Christ. And I'll explain what I mean as we go forward. But I want to share with you that in the 10th chapter, when Jesus is commenting on that, he makes this statement. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, for me, I've heard lots of stories about the sheepfold. That's where the sheep sleep at night. The shepherd laid on the ground so the sheep couldn't get out. And nobody will go and get them without crossing over the shepherd first. And uh, in the morning, they would, he would lead, the shepherd would lead his sheep out by name and take him to pasture to eat. And then night he'd bring him back in. That was my picture of what this was all about because this is what they do. However, this is not necessarily an accurate description of what happens. You see, often the sheep were let out to pasture and wouldn't come back until winter. Because the goal of the sheep is not to spend their life in a fold. That was a holding pen. It kept them constrained and safe until they could go out to the pasture. The goal was not for the sheep to stay in the fold. The goal was for them to be in the pasture with the shepherd where they could eat lovely, fluffy, sweet grass and fresh water. Running water. The goal was not to go, okay, you've eaten, now let's go back in the fold. Was not the plan. But now that was a part of the story that I didn't understand because I saw a door as being multiple use. But Jesus doesn't say that, does he? He says you go into the fold, then you come out and find pasture. And so I'm going to bring you through to what this fold is and how it relates to you and to me and how it will change your perspective on faith. The fold represents Judaism, to say it quite simply. Judaism is the religion that was developed based on the Old Testament law that was given to Moses. God wasn't intending to set up a religion. He set up law as a keeper until faith in Christ could be established. The law was given to Israel and they made it into Judaism. A religion. But religion will never set you free. And here's the thing you can see in how this connects to chapter 9 partly is because no law, no religion can heal the eyes of a blind man. And this is what the blind man said to those folks in the temple. Why it's amazing. Because no religion has ever healed a man born blind. In other words, the temple could not help me. What you guys did and do in the temple could not help me see. As a matter of fact, 
I wasn't even welcomed in because I had a deficiency and you thought I was born into sin. And that's why I was born blind because of sin. Now listen, this is really important. And if you catch this, you're going to love this. The law became Judaism. And inside of Judaism, they began to see what lined up with it and what did not. They had these 610 commands given to Moses. And then we've talked in the past about the fence laws that were even further around them to make sure you didn't even come close to breaking those. The definition of work became no more than a two block walk on Sabbath. When we were in Israel, you couldn't even punch a button on an elevator. The door would open and close on every floor because if you pushed a button, they considered that work. Because you might have pushed a button to go to work on an elevator and that looks like work. Now, we say that's a little extreme and God would probably go, you've gotten this thing so far into the rules and regulations, you can't even breathe. You got 50,000 or more fence laws around the 610 so make sure people aren't doing the wrong thing. Do you think that's freedom? To make sure you're not violating stuff all day long. Is that freedom to you or does that constraint? What do you think? Would you like that? Everywhere you turn, I can't do that. No, can't do that. There's no freedom. This is what the law did. It created a religion and it constrained people. And Jesus said, that's the sheepfold. They're stuck and constrained all day long inside this rather than having the freedom to breathe and live and find pasture. And they said, if you don't keep this, then you can't stay in the fold. Almost like, why would I want to? It's like a prison sentence. When Jesus began to address this with them, they knew something we don't. They knew the importance of their religion and that society and how everything circled around it and how what Jesus was saying was going to change everything. Now, what Jesus is clearly saying is, I am the door. In the Old Testament, when the law was given, it was given and people were invited in. It says God's chosen people were the prophets like Moses and leaders like Aaron and King David. They all entered into the fold through the law that was given and they accessed it. And the law therefore represented Jesus. Because Jesus is represented in God's word. God's spoken word was the law. And Jesus is God's word made flesh. So they would enter into the fold as chosen of God. And there they would teach and share the love of God through the law. And through their love of God through their teaching. King David had a heart for God. And we know this. Scripture very clearly says he had a heart to follow God. And a man after God's own heart, as a matter of fact, is what was told to Samuel when he anointed him. So King David was within the realms of the law, but he loved God. 
So the, and he says in his commands, the laws are not burdensome. They bring me great delight. But if you see it as burdensome and constraining, it's because people have tightened that law with so many other regulations around it that you can't breathe. And David's saying, no, the law helps us to love God. If you follow the law and, and, and do it out of joy and love, which is the spirit of the law, then you're going to enjoy God's commands. But if you see it as stuff you can't do and you've got to be careful and your human flesh is in the way of this, then you begin to understand why people had a problem with it. And you understand why Jesus had a problem with it because they put their Judaistic religion over and against God's heart. Over and over, Jesus came against them. When he said, I am the door in, he meant I invite you in who love the law into the fold. You're part of this who God has chosen. Others tried to get in. They were thieves and robbers, false prophets, liars, those who tried to deceive the deceivers who were in the period between um, the end of the Old Testament, beginning of the New Testament. People in there trying to say they were ones who knew the way. Others who said they were from God that were not, that misled people, led them astray. Those are the thieves and robbers. And they have misapplied the concept of the law. The concept of the law was that you would love more. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said that you would love the Lord your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second like unto it is love your neighbor as yourself. To love. He said on that, the whole law and all of the prophets, the prophets also rely on it. They hang on that. That's the whole concept of the law was love. But what are they doing? They're making it control. Manipulation. What you cannot do and how we can overrun you and overrule you. And this is what they were doing. And Jesus said, those folks who are doing that, I did not invite in. Those are the thieves. As a matter of fact, even says the scribes and Pharisees, you misappropriate the love of God and you teach them false doctrine so much so that you, you not only being worthy of hell, you make others twice as worthy of it. The ones you teach. And they're supposedly the ones who teach the law and how to live it. And Jesus says, you didn't come through me. <laughs> you certainly didn't come through me. Because if you could have come through me, you would have known my voice. You would have known. And, and what he means by that doesn't mean like, oh, I heard an audible voice. Uh, Y'all might have read this passage literally and said, but I, I never hear the voice of God. How, how can I hear his voice? How can I, I never follow Jesus? I never hear his voice. Please understand, Jesus spoke in parables. And the voice of God is the truth of God that's in this world and in the Word of God. And when he says they hear my voice, it means he hear, they hear my heart. They know who my, what my heart is and they follow my heart. Not necessarily a spoken voice. But, but a lot of folks take that literally. But he says, I'm the door. If anyone will come in by me, 
then he can also go out by me. Now, how do you go out by Jesus? Jesus invites us out of the fold of religion. Religion will never save you. Spirituality will never save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you. He's the only one who can deliver you. And he's calling you out of the constraints and confinements of rule and regulation that won't let you breathe or love. Well, I can't do that because if I do that, I'm breaking the Sabbath. Remember, the guy who was blind was healed on the Sabbath and he did it on the Sabbath to say, listen, God acts in love regardless of the day of the week. And they're missing, but, but, but he healed on the Sabbath, therefore he worked. That was the problem. He did work. God did work on the Sabbath. Now, wait a minute. I thought the commandment says, honor the Sabbath day, not to do any work on it, to keep it holy. How can God break his own law? Now you see the constraints that you're even trying to put on God. They were trying to put on the Son of God also. But Jesus said, my Father's still working, and so am I. But you're doing the work of love. And love is not burdensome. It's freedom to love. But we, we so twist this around and get it confused. But Jesus says the way you come out is that you come under grace and redemption and hear His voice to come and follow Him. To learn of Him. To learn who He is and to come out from under the constraints of the things around you that He might lead you to where life is. Religion is not life-giving. It's life-stealing. Jesus is the only qualified one to give life. He even says that I have come to give you life abundantly. And this is what he also says. That I lay my life down, that I may give my life for the sheep. Lays his life down, that word is flesh life. The, the soulish stuff. He lays his soulish humanity life down. Please understand, that's the reference to the cross. He's not meaning in the sheepfold there. That he lays his life down to die. That he might give, that they might have eternal life. That life there is the supernatural spiritual life. Life of the Spirit. So Jesus lays down His flesh life for us to have spiritual life. Because we can't have spiritual life unless Christ gives it to us. So you and I are no matter whether we're in the fold or outside of the fold, cannot have life spiritually, our eternal life, unless Christ offers it. It's His life that we receive. He invites us to come and follow Him to the pasture. Now, what's the pasture? If, if you think of it this way, the pasture is where the sheep long for. When they're in the fold, they're not going, well, I love being stuck with all these smelly sheep and constant confinement. They're not thinking like that. They're thinking, 
I want to be in the pasture where I can rest. There's no rest in the fold. You've got to be hyper vigilant that you're not messing up with the rules of the fold or you'll get kicked out. In the pasture, they're longing for is the cool waters, the green grass. And wouldn't it be nice to be someplace in life where you can go and not worry about whether or not you're in danger? Whether you measure up, whether you belong, whether things matter or not, whether you matter, all these things. In the pasture, you belong, you're provided for, and nobody can take it away. And you can't get rid of it because your pasture is your shepherd that gives you that life. Do you understand? Sheep come out and they graze on grass and they drink water and they just want to rest there. And rather than having to worry that something's going to come and attack them, to know that this will be forever. This is what Jesus says by life abundant. I'm going to do this for you and it's going to be abundant. In the fold, you don't have that. Because one day someone can take what you got away. Like they cast a blind man out, they could cast a sheep out. The blind man was a sheep who was in the fold of Judaism, but wasn't welcomed there. Either because of his blindness, which they related to the sin, which was violation of the law, or because he was trying to teach the people in the law about grace. Either way, he wasn't welcomed in the fold. So what I want to share with you is once you're in the pasture and you got food and water and rest, you don't have to go back in the fold to go to sleep. You can sleep in the pasture in a beautiful place and not worry about whether or not some wolf's going to get you because they're not. We long for that. What a day that will be. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more heartache, no more love. We long for those days. The sheep and the fold can't wait to get out of this humanity into the eternity with Christ. And Jesus is saying you can follow me now and that life abundance starts now. You can start feeding and being safe and protected and treasured now. Just listen to my voice. Listen to my call on you. And follow what I say. And trust me to lead you there. So Jesus is the door out of that mess of constraint of the Judaistic religion. But then he says something curious. And for years and years and years, I threw my own interpretation on this. And that's because I did not understand this verse, number 16. It says, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Because I thought that he was talking about all believers in this passage, I thought maybe that means alien life forms. For years I thought this is the way I can justify life on other planets, but it's not what it means. And thankfully... We understand now that the fold of Judaism isn't the only fold. There are also Gentiles. Do you understand how this makes sense now? He's speaking to the Jewish community saying, this fold, this fold is constrained of Judaism. I got other sheep who don't belong in that fold and don't are not Judaistic, but need eternal life. And I have other sheep 
from that fold. That's you and I. We're the Gentiles. And he says, those also I must bring the Gentiles as well, the non-Jewish community, and they will hear my voice. Ooh, that's blasphemy. Heaven for non-Jews? No, it's not blasphemy. It's love. And there will be one flock of all of us in Christ. One shepherd. No division. Do you understand the fold creates division, disunity, separation, denomination. Jesus Christ has come to make us all one. And as long as you stay in this humanistic constraint and man-made stuff, you're divided, separated, different. But Jesus says you're all one in me. You all have a purpose in me. You're all one body in me. You all need to come and follow that voice. If you're listening to a voice that says something else, you're following a thief and a stranger, a liar, a robber. But a voice that says we're all one in Him is calling us out of religion and into Christ. Because Jesus is no religion. A lot of people say he's a relationship, not a religion, but he's much more than that, too. He's a friend. He's a guide. He's a confidant. You see, Jesus never intended for sheep once they came out of that fold to go back into it. They never meant for him to stay. He would rather they follow the shepherd into the pasture which he represents, which is life. Do you remember what Jesus said when he came to do? He said, I came to seek and to save the lost sheep of Israel. They're lost in the fold within the law and Judaistic leadership. I've come to seek them and to save them from what? From themselves? Hardly. From Judaism. From this constraint to save them into life. From something that could never give life. They were in the fold, but they were lost. Does that make sense? They didn't know safe there. They didn't know provision there. They didn't know life there. Do you know or have you ever experienced complete provision and safety and fullness of health and life anywhere at any point in your life to know what that feels like? Every day I wake up with another ache or pain, I go, no, I don't know what that feels like. One day we say one day older is one day closer to death. It's not true. One day older is one day closer to Jesus. Another day to be with Him. And if you are truly hearing the voice of Christ, you don't want to be stuck in the fold under constraint. You want to be able to love and to live and to laugh and to celebrate every day. That's the call of Christ. Listen to this. Maybe this is you. But the Lord 
as a shepherd one day in chapter 9 entered the sheepfold. And he saw a little blind sheep, blind from his birth. And he opened his eyes and said, now you can see. And he started telling this little sheep, started telling the other sheep around him, hey, I found something that's even better than where we're at. And they kicked him out. Because they said there was something better than what they offered. But Jesus didn't just do that. He went and found that lost sheep again. And led him out of that sheepfold insanity. And in one sense, that sheep was cast out, wasn't he? In another sense, Jesus led him out by helping him see. Listen, the blind man had never other than this engagement with Jesus, said, wash in the pool of Siloam. That's his engagement with Jesus. It's only time. The next conversation a man has, and it's recorded in Scripture, is in the temple, and he says, these guys are not that guy. These guys don't seem to make sense with the truth I can now see. You understand, when life is offered to you, what isn't life makes no sense. And so when he began to discuss with them about Jesus, who healed him, they cast him out. And Jesus said, this one I'm lost sheep now. He's not lost, he's been found, he can see, but now he thinks he's no longer part of me. So I'm going to go find him. And what does this man say? He says, do you know who he is? And the blind man says, well, first of all, he says, do you believe in the Son of God? He says, who is he? That I might believe in him. He's looking in the eyes of Jesus. He knew his voice, but he didn't know his face. And Jesus said to him, you've both seen him, and it's he who's talking with you. And the man falls in worship and says, Lord, I believe. I believe. What do you believe? That Jesus was bigger than the temple. That He was the Son of God. That He is the one who delivers, heals, and saves. That the temple and everything else can't see that. Anything that tells you Jesus can't, can't see Jesus. They're stuck in the fold that they're in. Whatever that is. And Jesus is trying to call them out and say, Here I am. Follow me. Oh, but, you know, I don't know if you're real. I'm still here. Follow me. He continues to offer over the years and the centuries. And Jesus looks at the blind man after he says he believes. He says, for judgment, I've come into the world that those who do not see may see. And those who see may be made blind. The Pharisees are with him, heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? <laughs> they just kicked the man out of the temple. Are they blind also? And Jesus says, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But you say, we see. Therefore, your sin remains. Now, Jesus said, I didn't come to judge anybody. But listen to this. This is the truth. Those who are stuck in the law and against God are exposed for who they are. He said, I didn't come to judge. I came to save. 
He came to show us our brokenness and out of relationship with God and how far we can be, even if we keep the law completely like Saul did before he came Paul. He was in the fold, unredeemed. Kept the law perfect, but worthy of hell. That's what I'm saying. And Jesus says, I've come to call you out, Paul. He says, who are you? (laughs) I don't even know who you are. He says, I'm Jesus. And I really am a God. Same thing Jesus says to these Pharisees. He says, you're blind, Paul. And what happened to Paul in that moment? Scales. And he became physically blind to show his spiritual blindness. And what happened to this blind man? The mud was washed off his face and he could see. And what he saw was that Christ is the answer. To all the things in life that you struggle with and are frustrated with, Jesus offers life. And all he's saying is, follow me. Listen to me. I'm here, ready to lead you out of whatever is keeping you confined. Do you need him to come into where you are and say, here I am. Let me lead you out of that. Follow me. I am the way out. You've tried so many other voices and ways that don't work. This is the only way. I will show you what love is. No other answer works. No other way. Would you pray with me? Lord, I, uh, I was stunned when I understood that that sheepfold is those who are stuck and constrained. But you said they're sheep of other folds that are not of that fold, but other sheep who are lost. And when you said that, you meant me. And when you meant me, it meant you saw that I too was walking in blindness and darkness and the law had nothing to do with it. And that I needed to be brought to the light as well. And Heavenly Father, I ask that each one of us here who walked in darkness would now see your great light, come to that light, find redemption and follow you. For we know what we've tried without you does not work. And I ask today that you would remind us again of your constant present and redeeming love. And Lord, I know if we follow you, religion is going to push us out because it just doesn't understand the way of love. And we're okay with that, God, because being out of that means we're in with you. And that is wonderful. Thank you for that promise. Amen. We're going to sing uh, Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross as our closing song. What number? What did you say? Yeah. What number? Do you know? I don't know the number. It's on the screen and it's in the red book.